Some Sunday nights, it's the bare minimum. Some, it's a little bit better. I'm glad you're here tonight. Take your Bibles with me. We're going to be in Romans chapter number 2. Does anyone need an outline for tonight? If you didn't get a copy of that, um, Gary, are they over there? Did you put some over there, Joe? Did you, yeah? Okay. And then, um, Alfredo, you want to, or I think Gary's got Anyone need a copy? Gary's got them. All right. Yeah, that's Romans. That's tonight. Yeah, Romans is tonight. The, um, normally, I, I think Sunday morning, going through the book of Mark and then the one on Romans, they're both gray, the pictures there. Normally, I like the colors to be a little different so you can tell a difference in the two. We started a series a while back on the book of Romans, and we're continuing there. And last week, we looked at God's judgment on the hypocrite. And tonight we're going to look at God's judgment on the religious man. Now let me, before we go deeper into this, I want, to, I want you to help you with something. I had a Christian call me, someone in our church call me this last week after they watched the sermon last Sunday night. And they were afraid that because they're a hypocrite sometimes, that they're going to hell because of that. Now, let me just help you out tonight. There are times that you're a hypocrite. There are times that I'm a hypocrite. We all have moments of being a hypocrite. What I want to help you with before we dive in, and I go back to chapter number one of Romans, and then we'll dive into the new material here in just a minute. Go to Romans chapter number one. And Paul says in verse number 16, he says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. And we should have gone back one more verse, verse 15. So as much as is in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are in Rome also. Paul takes from that point, the end of chapter 1 and chapter 2 and through chapter number 3, and when Paul is talking about God's judgment on specific, on sinners, the end of chapter number 1, the beginning of chapter number 2, the God's judgment on the hypocrite, chapter 2, the verse we're looking at tonight, God's judgment on the religious man, these are those without Christ. You see, the difference that is made and the question that must be asked is, what have you done with Christ? You see, on the outside, you can act like everything's good. You can be the most religious person in all the world, go to church multiple times a week, have the right haircut, do all of these things. But if Christ isn't in within, it means nothing. So as we look at God's judgment, you've got to remember, God's judgment is reserved for those that don't know Christ. The wrath of God abideth on him, it says in John chapter number 3. So when we're looking here tonight, if you're not saved, or if you're watching online and you're not saved, yeah, you're included right here, okay? But if you're a child of God, what Paul is doing, he's laying the foundation for the gospel, He's letting the Romans know it doesn't matter what type of person you were. If you're just a, because some people say, well, I am, I'm a sinner, but I don't sin like those people. Hypocrite. God judges them as well. Oh, but you're the, re, the religious one, and you do all these rituals, and you follow the law and different things, and you have certain people that you, that doesn't matter. It's what you do with Christ that matters. So this is laying the foundation, because we'll get to, if you, if you witness that someone used the Romans road, you'll, Romans 3.23 used a lot, or Romans 3.10, there's none righteous, no, not one. What Paul's doing, he's laying the foundation of the fact no one is righteous. 
So that's the foundation that's being laid with these verses, just so you understand that. Romans 2, verse number 17. The Bible says, Behold, thou art called a Jew, and restest in the law, and makest thy boast of God, and knowest his will, and approvest the things that are more excellent being instructed out of the law, and art confident that thou thyself art a guide of the blind, a light of them which are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes, which hast the form of knowledge and of the truth in the law. Thou therefore which teachest another, teachest thou not thyself. Thou that preachest a man should not steal, dost thou steal? Thou that sayest a man should not commit adultery, dost thou commit adultery? Thou that abhorrest idols, dost thou commit sacrilege? Thou that makest thy boast of the law, through breaking the law dishonorest thou God. For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles through you, as it is written. For circumcision verily profiteth, if thou keep the law. But if thou be a breaker of the law, thy circumcision is made uncircumcision. Therefore, if the uncircumcision keep the righteousness of the law, shall not his uncircumcision be counted for circumcision? And shall not uncircumcision, which is by nature, if it fulfill the law, judge thee? who by the letter of circumcision does transgress the law. For he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. Father, I pray that you bless the next few minutes that we have tonight. You're so good to us. We're grateful for that. We're grateful for your word that you've given to us. Help us take these verses tonight and help us to learn something as we continue going through the book of Romans here tonight. We love you. We need you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. It's very interesting to watch the video about the Bay Area and 40% aren't even religious. And they claim that. Think about that one. There are a lot of people who claim to be religious, and there's nothing in them. But in that area, 40% don't even claim that. That's amazing to me. But when we look at God's judgment on the religious type of person, many people believe that being religious is a good thing. I think people all over would say that. But what people fail to realize is that religion can send a person straight to hell. Religion does not save. It's Jesus Christ that saves. And Paul talks about that here. And these verses teach us tonight and what we do, the outward, sometimes we get so focused, even in Christianity, we get so focused on the outward appearance. But Jesus is the one who said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Long before the outside goes bad, the inside is bad. And that's in Christianity Think about those who try to do these religious exercises and things. We'll talk about that tonight. But I want to give you several things, and we'll dive right in so we can get to pulling up some carpet. Number one, the spiritual confidence of the religious man. We see this in verse 17 through verse number 20 here. The spiritual confidence of the religious man. The Jews were in agreement probably with Paul, considering when Paul said God's judgment is going to come on sinners. The end of chapter number one. 
And I'm sure most of the Jews would agree, I agree with that. Or God's judgment's going to fall on the hypocrite. They probably agreed. Now, Paul says, it's going to fall on you religious people to follow the law, and they'll go to the law. They probably didn't quite agree with that one there. As we look at this, and, and we look at these things, religion cannot save. It's Christ. And so, and we get, and there's something inside a man where man feels man has to do something to earn something. That's not how salvation works, and I'm thankful that it's that way. But when we think about the spiritual confidence of the religious man, we think about this letter A, they're boasting in their, of their lineage. We look at verse 17 there. Behold, thou art called a Jew, and resteth in the law, and makest thy boast of God. These people could trace, they were Jews, they could trace their ancestry back to Abraham. Think about that one. And somehow they felt that because they could trace things all the way back there, that somehow that guaranteed them that they were accepted by God because they were the seed of Abraham. They're God's chosen people. They're Jews, right? They boasted of their lineage. The same is true with a lot of so-called Christians today. Millions of people, maybe their grandparents were saved or went to church. They claim to be Christians simply because grandpa was a minister or this or that happened. And when we look at that, you've got to understand something. The only way to be a Christian is to put your faith in Jesus Christ. Remember, as we're going through the book of Mark, John the Baptist said it last week, Jesus said today, repent and believe the gospel. The gospel, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Repent, not confessing all your sins and getting all your sin right with God. That's works. It's religious works. No, repenting is turning from what you believed and turning to Christ. It's a turning from and to. That's what repentance is all about. And so we see they boasted in their lineage. Letter B, they boasted of their law. That's right there. And resteth in the law. The Jews somehow felt that the laws and rituals that they did, it described gave them a higher standing in the eyes of God. That because they knew God's law, that there was something more special about them. They felt that possessing the law and knowing it was enough for them to have a relationship with God because of their rules and laws. And Paul lets them know something, that the knowledge of the law holds them to a higher standard, but it's not the law that gets them any favor with God. And what they thought guaranteed them salvation, the law guarantees condemnation because the law shows the fact that we can't keep it. And in fact, we see in other scripture, the law was our schoolmaster, right? Showed us our need for salvation. And they boasted of their law. You know, just a side note, we do that in Christianity all the time. In Baptist churches, we do it all the time. You have this standard here, and this standard, and this preference, and how you feel about all these things. But I want you to understand something. It doesn't get you any closer to God. Do you know how you get to be close to God? Through the relationship you have with Jesus. 
You're accepted not because you part your hair on the left side, not because you wore a suit to church today, not because you sang a hymn or a newer song, not because of any of those things. You're accepted in the beloved because of what Jesus Christ did for your and my sin. He did it. And they boasted of their law, but we do it all the time as well. We're better than those Christians because we hold to a higher standard than they do. The ground's level at the foot of the cross. There's nothing you can do to be any more special than anyone else. Christ died for everyone and all. We see that they boasted of their law and let her see they boasted of their Lord. We see the end of verse number 17. And and makest thy boast of God and knowest his will and approvest the things that are more excellent being instructed out of the law. And we see again they claim that their relationship to the Lord or to God by virtue of the law and their religious activity. They felt that being religious was enough to please God. And being religious, and what they do with Christ? What they do in Christ's day? They looked to him and they saw he's not keeping the law. Which means he's bad. And they totally missed out on the Messiah, the Son of God. Because they were looking at the wrong things. The law does not save. They boasted of their Lord, and yet the fact comes down to it, they didn't know anything about God. You know, I want to give you a little secret tonight. Are you ready? It's a little secret. You and I cannot please God. Our righteousness is as filthy rags. That's our very best. You could memorize the Bible. You could do your best to never sin. You could go to church every day. You could do lots of different things. But let me tell you something. The only way to gain favor in God's sight is to trust in his son. That's all that it comes down to. There is nothing that we can do to gain favor with God. You see, when God looks at us, He's looking for one thing, to see if the blood of Jesus has been applied to our account. They were boasting in the wrong things. Also, letter D, they boasted of their leadership. They boasted of their leadership. Verse 19 and 20 says, And art confident that thou thyself art a guide of the blind, a light of them which are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes, which hast the form of knowledge and of the truth and the law. Because of their background, because of their lineage, because of Abraham, because of the law, you got to understand something. They felt that they were superior to everyone else. And Paul's letting them know, just because you're a Jew, just because you have the law, just because you think you're teachers and you think you're so great, it doesn't mean nothing. You're headed to hell without Christ, just like anyone else. Don't ever lose sight of that. They felt, these Jews felt it was their responsibility to show everyone else the right way. But they couldn't even find the right way. They were lost in what they were doing. And all that they were doing through their religion was taking more people to hell than helping anything. And we see that all around us today. We see it in all forms of religious activity today. 
if you go to these classes, if you have your first communion, if you, have, if you get your first baptism and you get sprinkled as a baby, if you do this, if you do that, and religion does not save, it just sends people to hell. And don't get caught up on all the exterior things. Focus on what matters. Christ is what matters. Christ is key. And that's so important. A lot of times, you know, we look, legalism is sin. Adding works to salvation is sin. It's wrong. And I'll, add a, I'll go a little deeper. Today in our world today, we have Christians who add, you can grow in favor with God based on things you do. That's another form of legalism there. And it is sin just as much because Christ did it all. All to him I owe. There's nothing I can do. Christ is what matters. And I think that's what we've been seeing over and over again here through the book of Romans. We see number two tonight. Not only, so number one, we see the spiritual confidence of the religious man. Number two, we see the spiritual contamination of the religious man. In verse 21 through verse number 24, look what it says. Thou therefore which teachest another, teachest not thyself. Thou that preachest a man should not steal, dost thou steal? Thou that sayest a man should not commit adultery, dost thou commit adultery? Thou that abhorrest idols, dost thou commit sacrilege? Thou that makest thy boast of the law through breaking the law, dishonorest thou God? For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles through you, as it is written. We see the confidence that they had in all these things, that they had the law, that Abraham, they could look back to him, that their teeth, that they were just great people. And Paul says that's not enough. But then we see the spiritual contamination of the religious man. I mentioned a few weeks ago when I started this series, I've wanted to do a series on the book of Romans for a very long time. But the book of Romans is a very deep book. And your pastor is not a very deep person. And so that wasn't meant for you to laugh. And um, so for me, I got to take these things and break them down as best I can. This is work for me. This is a new, newer thing for me. I can take other books. You can take the book of Ephesians, and it just, you don't even have to really say anything. You just read it, and it does all the explaining for you. The verses I read to you a little bit ago, I got to break that down a little bit for you so that you can chew on that a little bit and think more on it on your own. But we see the spiritual contamination of the religious man. We think about this, letter A, they were guilty of deception. See that in verse 21, verse 22? These religious people were telling people how wrong they were, and yet they were deceiving themselves because they were just as wrong as those that they were teaching. That's what we see. You know, and be careful. You've got to watch out for people that are always out there pointing out the wrongs of others. There are a lot of people that are that way. I've got enough problems with Brian not to help you fix you. i got to fix me. And, so, and there are a lot of people, they're, they're perfect. They're Jesus Christ in the flesh, personified just a little bit. But it's not the case. But these people, they were teaching these things, and they were, full of, they were guilty of deception because they were doing the things that they were preaching or talking against. And we see that before us. And we see not only that, but they were guilty of desecration. Verse 23 says, 
Thou that makest thy boast of the law through breaking the law, dishonorest thou God. Because their practice didn't match their profession, they were guilty of dishonoring God. And may I just tell you tonight, we are the same exact same way. When we preach something and we don't live what we preach, we are dishonoring God by our lives. One of the things scared me to death when God called me to be a pastor. Because she lives with me. I don't know if I like that little laugh that you just did there. (laughs) I don't know if I like that. I've got four kids see me. You grew up in a pastor's home. I know your dad a little bit. He seems very genuine. But you would know if he is or not because you lived with him. You would see how he handled himself, how he lived his life. But when we don't practice what we preach, well, you got to understand something. You're dishonoring God by that. And one of the things, this is what we fail to recognize in our own lives. It's a clear example given to us in Scripture. Sin dishonors God. Think about Joseph. Those of you doing our Bible reading for the year, we've read about Joseph a few days ago. I love this phrase, and I thought about it for the sermon tonight. Remember when Joseph is in Potiphar's house and Potiphar's wife wants him to lay with her? He was concerned what God thought about it. I can't sin against God or your husband. Isn't that what Joseph said? He realized it. David with Bathsheba, what did David say in his psalm of repentance? Against thee, thee only have I sinned. You see, when we sin, we're dishonoring God, and we got to realize that. We see letter C, they were guilty of destruction. Verse 24, for the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles through you, as it is written, because they lived the way they did while claiming to be God's people, they were guilty of blasphemy. By their false profession, they destroyed the credibility of God to the people around them. Anytime we live in a manner that's inconsistent with what we claim to be, we're guilty of giving the enemies of God a chance to blaspheme God. That's why, as crazy as our world is today, they need to see Christians that trust God. I'm not telling you, you got to be safe and do the things you need to do right now, but you are a child of God. God has not given you the spirit of fear. A Christian should not fear. I'm not saying not to be safe and careful, but there should not be fear in a Christian. We should be an example to those around us. We should be living testimonies of what this book says. If Christians are getting all messed up by everything going on in this world, how do you expect anyone else to make it? What this world needs to see right now is Christians that are doing what's right, standing for what's right. I've heard many people say over and over again, the reason their churches, and churches got to figure out for themselves if they're open, closed, they do whatever God leads them to do. God lead us, led us to be open. That's why we're open. And no matter what the government says, we're just following God. But you'll hear people on both sides. Some will say, well, we have stayed closed because we're trying to love our neighbor as ourselves." 
And that's a noble cause. But before you can love your neighbor as yourself, you've got to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. Then you can love your neighbor as yourself. You know what this world needs to see? Christians going to church and worshiping God today. That's what they need to see. I love the internet. I'm thankful for live stream. And I was just thinking the other day, in a few weeks, I'm going to go, I'm going to do a Facebook post, and I'm going to post the very first week of COVID and the video that was put up that I used. And then I'm going to put next to it a picture of our live stream now. It has changed drastically from what it was. It literally was a little webcam. And Johnny was in here with me doing all that stuff. It's crazy how it's evolved now. We got this nice camera, and now people are texting. I can't hear it quite right. Do you remember what it was like a few months ago? (laughs) This is wonderful. You can see, instead, my face was all patchy before. You can see this beautiful face online now. It works out just great. Where was I going with all that before here? I don't know. I lost my train of thought. But what we got to understand is this that they were guilty of destruction. The way that they live while claiming to be God's people brought a reproach on God. The pe- it was blasphemy to God. People, look, if that's how God's people are live, and those are God's chosen people, I want nothing to do with them. Don't let that be said of us. We see the spiritual confidence of the religious man. We see the spiritual con- contamination of the religious man. Number three, we're running out of time. We see the spiritual Condemnation of the religious man. Verse 25 through 29. It says, For circumcision verily profiteth if thou keep the law, but if thou be a breaker of the law, thy circumcision is made uncircumcision. Therefore, if the uncircumcision keep the righteousness of the law, shall not this uncircumcision be counted for circumcision? And shall not uncircumcision, which is by nature, if it fulfill the law, judge thee? who by the letter and circumcision doth transgress the law. For he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision, which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart and the spirit, and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. When we think about the condemnation, we think about letter A, we think about the condemned by the reality of his sins, the religious man is. The Jews also felt that they would be accepted by God because they were circumcised. That goes back to Abraham's day. The rabbis even taught in that day that Abraham sat outside the gates of hell and refused to allow any any circumcised Jew to enter hell. That's how far they carried it. They felt that that, and you can even see in in some of Paul's letters to other places, where the Jews were saying you need to be circumcised or you can't, can't be saved. You can't know God if you're not. But when we think about this and we look at it, Paul tells them that that rests, and as we look at this, in something a little bit deeper. That even if they are circumcised, when they refuse to keep the law, they are just like the heathen, the uncircumcised. It makes no difference because of the sin that is in their life. We look at their attitude and we look at these different things and we see it before our eyes. We got to understand. And when we look at all these things, none of it saves. There's no outward religious act that does anything to get you to heaven. 
they felt their circumcision made them special. They could trace that back to Abraham. But Paul says, when you transgress and you, and you sin against the law, you're just like the uncircumcised. Because that's what truly matters. We see letter B. We see they were condemned by the righteousness of the saints. So what do you mean by that? Paul proceeds to tell the Jews that when the people they despised and looked down on live lives pleasing to the Lord and have their hearts right with God, verse 26 through 29, that they were accepted by God instead of the Jew. Because it's not about the circumcision or any of those outward things. It's about a heart and who's in that heart. That's what it's about. It's all about what they did with Christ. So some of the people that the Jews couldn't stand and look down upon were the ones that truly were saved and were of God. But they weren't because they didn't know Christ. That's what Paul's talking about here. And then we see, lastly, they were condemned by the redemption of the Savior. We look at verse 29, but he is a Jew, which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart and the spirit, and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. And Paul's final argument against the religious man is to inform him that true religion is not a matter of, of hands, you think about this, it's not a matter of anything that we have. It's a matter of the heart. It's not what you do with these hands. It's not what you say with these lips. It's what's in here. That's what he says in verse 29 right there. God will only accept those who have put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. See, Paul's letting them know judgment's coming, for all sinners. And there were some people in Rome, Phew, I don't sin like them. Hey, you hypocrite, I'm talking about you as well. If you don't know Christ, you're going to be judged as well. Oh, thank God I'm a religious person. I'm glad I know Abraham. I'm glad I was circumcised. I'm glad I know the law. Paul says, hold on. You're just as guilty. Because it's not a matter of these outward exercises. It's a matter of the heart. And is your heart right with God? I say it often. I'm going to say it again tonight. If Jesus had 12 disciples and one of them had a devil in him and wasn't saved, I believe that there can be many people that come to church and play the part, and there could be someone that doesn't know Christ as their Savior. Being here tonight doesn't get you to heaven. Taking communion doesn't get you to heaven. Being a member in this place doesn't get you to heaven. Being in the baptistry doesn't get you to heaven. Carrying a King James Bible in your hand does not get you to heaven. Christ does. If you're here tonight and you don't know Christ or you're watching online tonight and you don't know Christ, your religion cannot save you. Being a Baptist, you stand, a, you stand before God someday and say, I was a Baptist! That's not going to get you anywhere. It's what have you done with my son? What have you done with Christ? That's what it comes down to. We're all guilty. The only difference is there are some of us who have trusted Christ, and I'm so thankful that I have. And there's a world around us that needs Christ. You know the best thing that the Bay Area needs? The gospel. It could change 
the craziness of the people up there. The people around us are crazy. I've been, I, I, I love like the Golden Gate. I love that it's beautiful up there, but the people are just something else. They can just stay up there in my book. <laughs> in all honesty, I think we sh- the state should be split in two. You take Los Angeles and Hollywood, and you wrap it all the way up the San Francisco Bay Area and include Sacramento, just a little loop. Take them out of us, and we can just have our own state and let them have their own state. And in fact, I don't know, let a big earthquake come and send them into the ocean and give us a little space between us and them. They're, they're just, it's something else, but they need Christ. That's all they need. What you see, and let me be honest with you, I think some areas down by us here are a little bit more spiritual than that area, but the only reason is I think that God has people, God is working a little bit more, and maybe people have sought God a little bit more in certain areas, the more you cast God out, that's why that area is the way it is. And we're not far behind. And as goes California, so goes the rest of the nation. Have you ever heard that one before? And you take God out of everything, and you're going to have San Francisco nationwide. So what's the answer to get God in San Francisco and to get God in all those places? That's the answer. Not to have a Republican as president or a Democrat Although, anyway, we'll leave that one alone. <laughs> we need the gospel. That's what we need. Father, we thank you for the time that we've had tonight, and we thank you for your word, and thank you for being so good to us.